Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. So today we're going to talk about how adoptive families, birth mothers, and adoptees can ensure the best relationship possible among the triad. So I'm going to give some suggestions that I have seen work over the time that I've worked professionally in the adoption world, which has been almost 17 years, and I myself was adopted as well. So I've spoken with countless uh, families, both families that have adopted and birth mothers and birth fathers that have placed children for adoption, as well as other adoptees, including myself. So today I thought I would give some insight on what are some things that as a child is growing up in the adoption triad, what are some things that each member can do to facilitate the best relationship possible? Now, this is only going to be effective for those that have an open adoption. You know, we can go on and branch off into another discussion about closed adoption and how to talk to children about that and explain it, what they can do in another podcast. So we're going to talk about open adoptions and what, what are some things that family members can do as well as, you know, birth mothers, birth fathers, and even adoptees as they get older. And so let's, probably also the uh, brothers and sisters of the adoptee. Absolutely. Uh, both adopted and biological. Right. So if we start with the, the birth mother and birth father, some things that you can both do as you are navigating, you know, the waters of an open adoption are you can stay in communication. That's the most important thing with the adoptive family is to stay present and stay in communication. A lot of times we will see birth mothers and birth fathers kind of drift off for a period of time, sometimes permanently, and they may come back years later, they may not. But it's really important to stay in communication because that says to the child and to the adoptive family, I'm present, I care about you, you're important to me, you're worth me staying in this relationship. And I'm going, you know, a relationship is only as good as as much work you put into it. So you're not going to have this amazing blossoming relationship that you really want if you don't put any effort in. So you've got to make sure that you are present because there's no relationship if you're not present. The second is follow through on your commitments. You know, if you are committing to, you know, do a Skype call three times a year, make sure that that happens. 
make sure that you follow through on whatever commitment you have made. You know, if you're supposed to do a Skype call on Mother's Day at 3 p.m., make sure that you are there present for that call because that is one way to establish trust is that you're following through on what you've committed to do. And all relationships are grounded in trust. Without trust, there's no relationship. So just the bare bones basics for birth parents would definitely be, you know, following through on your commitments, staying present in the relationship. And I would say one of the key things is making sure that you have communication with the adoptive family as to, you know, what your role in the relationship is. Clearly you're the birth parent, but what role are they comfortable with you taking and what role are you comfortable taking? So let me give you an example. I was at an adoption conference almost two years ago and there was a birth mother that was talking about the relationship that she had with her son and the adoptive family. And they had decided on a nickname for her and the little boy called his mom bunny, which I thought was so endearing and so sweet. And it wasn't confusing. It wasn't like, this is my mom and my other mom. You know, this was clearly defined as he just called her bunny. And so that was something very special that they developed. So I think that if there is an expectation on the forefront, like we're going to develop something for the child to call me, then there's no concern, question, or anything else regarding that. When I was reunited with my biological mother, I was 34 at the time. And I knew that that was going to be an awkward conversation because this wasn't something that I'd grown up doing. And so when I met her, I had asked her, you know, on the forefront, you know, how would you like me to address you? There was no question in her mind that I was to call her mom. There was no, it wasn't, you know, well, are you comfortable with this? Are you not comfortable with this? And it was, that was what she expected. That was what she wanted. And she was very assertive in saying that. And, you know, I, at first I was a little bit surprised and then I thought, okay, well, you know, am I being disloyal to my adoptive mom? Am I, you know, I'm kind of walking a fine line here. Like I'm not so sure. And then I thought about it and I thought, okay, I'm 34 years old. Mm -hmm. If this means something to her and is important to her, then that's not something that I'm, you know what I mean? That, then that's fine. I didn't have a problem calling her mom and, and, you know, it, it, it came off very easily, but it but at wasn't, first, I'm sure it was awkward. Well, it was surprising. I think okay. it was more, it was surprising. And I didn't, you know, some people that were around me were a little surprised that I was already calling her mom. Mm -hmm. And again, I was, I was an adult. This right. wasn't, I wasn't a child. There wasn't anything confusing to me about that at all. But it may be different with a child. And that's where I was going with this. It may be different. Um, you know, one other comment that I heard from other people was, do you feel like you're robbing your adoptive mom of the title of mom because you're calling her mom? And in my opinion, no, I wasn't. Because you do have an adoptive mom and you do have a birth mother. They're both a mom. So if they both want to be called mom then why would I have an issue with that? Well, even me growing up, I had friends who their families and, and us as kids, we were so close. I would call friends mother's mom. And, and I, didn't, I don't think I ever did with dads, but 
I would call him mom and my friends would call my mom, mom. And right. so and my, and my kids, friends, some of them do the same with me. And right. I, and I, yeah. So I completely agree with you. I think it is a term of endearment and it is something that is special and an honor to be called that. So absolutely. I agree with you. But I think with a child, it, it may be different and confusing to being raised by an adoptive family and calling your adoptive mom, mom, and then having a biological mom. So maybe when they're younger, maybe pick a different name for them to refer to the birth mother. Maybe, you know, another term of endearment would be good, or maybe have the adopted child choose like they did with the the birth mother that was called Bunny. So, you know, coming up with a a sweet name is is something that can be very endearing and very special. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is a point of awkwardness that a lot of times adoption, open adoptions come to encounter. More often than not, a birth parent would not want to be called, you know, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. Right, Uh, right. They may be taken back at the thought of being called by their first name. That being said, I think it's important to establish that with the adoptive family and really talk with them about what they're thinking and how they can incorporate. You know, another thing that is important is to really, as you're developing a relationship, really kind of lay out your expectations on the forefront and make sure that everything is really what you want and agreed upon so that you're not trying to change things midway. Because when there is an agreement between birth parents and adoptive parents and they're moving forward in their relationship to change the game up halfway, you know, as a child's growing up can be very confusing. Now, everything can be altered a little bit or changed here or, you know, made to fit the child better. And if something wasn't working to try something else. But I think it really takes collaboration and maybe even, you know, a counselor to help to make sure nobody's feelings get hurt and that nothing is miscommunicated. And so, you know, if you do hit road bumps, definitely pulling a counselor in just to kind of help mediate so that everybody gets to say what's really on their mind and they're not intimidated or afraid of hurting somebody else. Right. And I think that one of the big things, and you're kind of touching on it, but I think one of the big things in relationships in life is, I mean, we're humans and one of our basic things that makes us different from the other animals, quote unquote, is our ability to communicate. And so many of life's problems are from a lack of communication. Or miscommunication. Or from miscommunication. Either, Yeah. And I agree. I think it's so important, whether you need a counselor or somebody to help facilitate that, it's important to use that skill we have and communicate what we expect or desire from a relationship you know, whether you're the child or the adoptive parents or the birth mother. So, yeah, I think that's definitely key. I think that, um, you know, for the adoptive parents, I think one of the most important things that you can do to, to facilitate a positive, open relationship with the, the birth parents is really to be transparent in your thoughts and feelings to follow through on what you've committed to. You know, if you've committed to sending letters and pictures for so long, make sure that you hit those deadlines because on the other side, she's waiting and watching for that date to hit so that she can get pictures. And it's a respect thing to make sure that you're honoring what you said you would do. You know, another key to a positive relationship is definitely respect. And that is a really good way to show respect is to honor what you have committed to do. 
Another important thing to facilitate a positive relationship is for the adoptive family to really incorporate the birth mother into the child's life on a daily basis, not not by any means make, you know, doing a daily phone call or a visit or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. Actually, I think that may be almost disruptive if it was on a daily basis. What I'm saying is, is that, you know, if you, if you say prayers at night, you know, include the birth mother in your prayer. Certainly. Or if you put a picture of her in the child's bedroom, you know, little things like that are bringing attention to the birth parent on a daily basis without even really talking about, you know, the adoptive parent, but including her in your lives as an important person. So I think that that is important. Like I said, even if it's just a picture that you put up in, in the child's room or include her in the prayers, or if you don't do either of those things, maybe in, when the child gets older and I'm talking maybe school age, maybe including on a calendar, you know, when the next phone call is going to be and, and marking that on the calendar right. so that the child can see when it's coming up and they can have somebody to look forward to and they can start preparing themselves for what to say during that phone call. Another piece of advice that that I would encourage adoptive families to do is to really talk about adoption as a norm, establish it as a norm in the household. Because if you don't establish it as a norm, then again, we've talked before in podcasts about the child feeling quote unquote special or different than somebody else. Mm -hmm. And to completely wipe that and and make that not being anywhere in your family dynamic you can do that by making it a norm, making it a regular thing. You know, the, the adopted child isn't any more or less special than if you have a biological child in the home. They're equals. And so I think that by doing that, you're going to take away any competition between siblings. Uh, you would take away, you know, any feelings of being different. Because again, if this is just the norm in your household, then there's no nothing to cause any conflict or issues right. or concern or jealousy. And you can do that by talking about it, you know, as if you were talking about the sun's rising tomorrow mm-hmm. or, you know, we have the call today or, you know, there's little things that you can do that may not seem like a lot, but when you're doing it, you know, incorporate adoption movies into your, you know, your family theater, incorporate mm-hmm. adoption books into the adopted child's bedroom you know, library and into the sibling, non-adopted child's library. Right. Because like you said, just normalize it, make it like, this is nothing unique. This happens all the time. It's not something you have to adapt to. It's something that should be normal. Right. And so, you know, when, when you're sitting down and you're watching one of the movies out of your, you know, video vault Mm -hmm. and it's an adoption movie, don't focus on the fact that it's an adoption movie, focus on the fact that it's another movie that you're choosing to watch tonight. Like it's in other words, rather than calling attention to adoption and keep calling attention, just make it the norm. Mm -hmm. Don't make it the center of attention. And I think that will help not only normalize adoption in your household, but it will normalize, it'll start branching out. It'll start seeping out of your house and into society, which is what we're all trying to accomplish. You know, as an adopted child, I think one thing that you can do, because growing up adopted, if you have an open adoption with your birth parents and your adoptive family, the best thing that can be done for you is to make sure that what's happening is always age appropriate. 
you know, as you go through different stages in life growing up, you want to make sure that you're not given too much information or not enough information. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that there are no, um, you know, no areas that are off topic as you get older, because you may have questions and you don't want there to be certain situations, certain topics or certain things that you're afraid to ask because you don't want to, you know, offend your adoptive family or your birth family. And so I think just really giving your child that freedom to express themselves about the adoption and talk to them. And again, it all depends on the mood that you set in your household, because in order for the child to have a relationship and really grasp what has occurred, meaning that, you know, they were placed for adoption in both the adoptive family and the birth family are still actively in their life. That's a blessing and it's amazing and it's beautiful, but you still have to make sure that you are setting the stage for this to happen. And again, you can start that at a very young age. And there are always situations where, well, one child is in the family and has an open adoption and there's another child in the family that may have a closed adoption. And how do you navigate that? And there's so many ifs ands. And I would say that you know, we definitely are going to be diving into a lot of these topics on the podcast. But again, by starting off with a foundation of normalizing adoption and explaining that there are different types of adoption, just like, you know, one child may have blonde hair, one child may have brown hair, and one child may excel at reading and another child may excel in football. There are things that are different. That doesn't mean that one is better or worse than the other. It just means that they're different. And so what you can do is, is celebrate those differences. You know, maybe, you know, if you have a child that has an open adoption and they do a Skype call on the third Wednesday every three months, maybe on the fourth Wednesday every three months, uh, the sibling does a park date with adoptive mom and adoptive dad and the other child stays home with a babysitter mm-hmm. because maybe they get that extra, you know, they have a special day and time where it's all about them as well. And they get extra time with their adoptive mom and dad because they don't have the extra hour or two with their birth parent. You know what I mean? So it mm-hmm. just depends on how you look at it and how you phrase it. It's all in how things are presented, how things are explained. Children look to you for truth. And when they feel like you're being honest with them and open with them, then they are going to grow up in that knowledge. And so I think it's important also to really start, you know, have a conversation with your spouse if you are an adoptive family very early on, maybe as you're beginning your adoption journey and just say, you know, this is the blueprint of what I would like to happen doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way, but it's always good to have a starting point because it's much easier to amend, fix, or change something than to build it from scratch. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.